0: Hello and welcome to the Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the CEO of Law in Sport. We have a fantastic podcast for you today. I'm delighted to welcome our special guest, Rez Belver. She is the founder and attorney at Law at Belver Sports, a legal boutique in Madrid. She is a very distinguished sports lawyer, acting for particularly In football, but across other sports, but acting for players, coaches, clubs, uh, before dispute resolution bodies, FIFA, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, as well as advising intermediaries and other sports agents. From 2020, she was an external, oh, sorry, is. An external consultant for FIFA's professional football department. In 2017 she won the Mika Robe Prize for Peace through Sport for her work focusing on gender issues and the defence of equality in sport. She's the current president of the Sports Law Association of Madrid and the founding member of the Spanish Association for Ethical Quality in Sport as well as a coordinator in Spain for women in sports law. She's also the co-founder for a platform called Leadership Women's Football, which I'd urge you to go and check out. It was created in 2018 to promote the leadership and visibility of women in football, embracing all the fields and areas of sport. In this interview, we talk about her career, why she started and how she started uh, Leadership Women's Football, the legal issues that she's most interested in at this moment in time, the most interesting cases she's worked on, and given everything that she's accomplished, how she manages to juggle a young family and her, her various work commitments, uh, which are, as you can hear from the introduction are quite broad and I think there's a lot that we can all take from that discussion. I certainly did. And finally, we speak to Rez and ask for her opinion on what, if there was one thing in sports law that she would like to change, what would it be? It's a fantastic interview. I said Rez is a friend, A great human being and someone I've got an immense amount of respect for. I hope you enjoy the interview, and if you do, please do tell people about it. But other than that, I hope you enjoy the show, Reyes. First of all, thank you so much for joining us today. Now you're someone who is tirelessly working to improve the sector, um, both from a legal perspective, but also from an inclusion perspective. You know the work that you're doing. Uh, more broadly, can you give us an insight into how you got into a, and why you got into working in the sports sector, and particularly in football, and what it means to you?
1: Well, thank you, Sam, and first, thank you for for inviting me to to this great podcast. I'm really happy to to participate. And well, as, as sports law, well, my passion for sports uh, began in, in my childhood. Uh, in my own family, um, I, in my house, we have always uh, watched life sports and football. And my dad is a huge fan of Real Betis ballon Also me, of course, is something that is inside my blood, my family. And also my life is linked to, to football, especially well, to sports, but football especially. Uh, because I also met my husband in a football match in, in Portugal, a UEFA match. And and we are still uh, united uh, by the same colors. And I have two children and I hope uh, all together a, a green and white family. <laughs> so it's something that mm, starts with the passion uh, for sports. I think if you would love to to work in, in a sports law, first as other areas you need to to have this passion for for sports for football because it's really good to have this if you are working on that uh, every morning to to where you have this passion in, inside to work on Sundays, to work at night and this kind of things and then i studied law also as a vocation so i have these two uh, passions and for me it was a dream to try to united put together and and work and like a dream no like uh, football and and law all together for my whole life could be a dream and uh 13 14 years ago when when i started um, it's true that there was not a lot of um, masters or programs related to sports law also Uh, congresses seminars or people talking at the university at law school talking about sports law no there is something uh strange also because i remember to talk to the dean of the the law school in madrid saying that oh i would like to create a program in sports law and uh, she uh, looked at me like do you know Uh, somebody in Real Madrid or do you know something to come here and and to do something and it's like no it's not about Real Madrid it's not about the 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 stars no it's it's about the regulations I I I was thinking about uh, wow we can change that and we can uh, improve the good governance so uh, I, I, I was thinking about that for, for years and they didn't understand me. Now they have a sports uh, course, <laughs> a sports program. So it's something that is coming, no? So for me, it was a dream and, and I think dreams come true. If you mix uh, passion, education, and also the the right people, the connection and a little bit of of good luck, no? The, the luck. <laughs>
0: and that's really interesting in the sense that even back then, you've had that you know, interest in the regulation as opposed to just the, you know, uh, and we see this in the sector at times that people just get lured by the, you know, the big clubs and the, you know, the, the the show that goes along with football in particular, but other sports. It's interesting that you deep down thought, you know, if I can understand the law, maybe I can be a positive you know, influence on, the, on this sector. So interesting. And then so from that time, where you were obviously <laughs> looking to get into the sports or sector, there wasn't many women working in in the in the space at the time. How did you break in, and what was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, well, this is one a big question because um uh, uh, of course well i I had not um, big barriers. For being a, a woman in sports law. Mm, I know that there are other women that have a lot of problems, maybe in other countries. I think in Spain we have, of course, problems and inequalities, as in every country, but it's not very a big problem, no? So my 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 work life. Uh, it's only a focus on questions like, "Oh, why are you? Uh, why why do you like uh, football or sports law? Or why are you here?" No, and I always working with with colleagues, with male colleagues, and and they didn't receive the same questions. So it's something that keeps in my mind that why they are always asking that why I'm here because I love football and it's something that uh, in connection with with the practicing of football because uh, a lot of times uh, people ask me if I'm a former player or if if I am a player if I am a football player and no, I am a football fan and also I, I am a good lawyer so why I I don't have a space here. So it's something that uh, that is why also I, I created in, in 2018 leadership woman football platform because I think there we need uh, there are, this is a space um, focus on leadership, focus on, on women that are, are not former players. And and we are focused on regulations, on on working in in this world, football in general, not also in the sports activity. And also there are a lot of women working uh, behind the scenes and nobody knows but they are doing a great job. And also there are men working uh, in diversity, working uh, and helping women uh, to work together to create a... A better environment in, in football, and I think we. Uh, I'm so tired to um, to work alone between or, or inside women areas. No, uh, as I told you before, and we talk a lot because I think that you are also a man that that know and understand this this situation. We need to work together, men and women. That is the point, because uh, in football we have the typical picture that all men in a ball in a club in a football club and it's something that uh, <laughs> we uh, we already know and this is something that is not work we need something different we need more diversity no uh, we need to to create a better and inclusive football and and i was thinking that to uh, uh Mm, change that change that picture to put another picture with all women is also not good because we are doing the same that is something that is not working so we need to mix we need to mix people but right people uh, that has this passion in in a sports law to work together and we need to change this mind that to work together because i always said that gender equality or gender issues or or women's issues in football and this kind of things is not only a women's issue it's for everybody so we need to try to understand this
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more and i think sometimes we get caught up in the moral arguments we shouldn't really need to be be said but just from a pure business perspective you know the the data shows that having a more inclusive environment and a more diverse environment leads to better business outcomes so just from that perspective alone and like from my my side I've always found from personal experience that having diverse voices men women people from different ethnic groups or different backgrounds different you know life experiences tends to give you a better outcome right it gives you a, a fuller picture and so you can plan properly and just from that perspective and it's more enriching as well i find more rewarding and enriching so it's, it makes a lot of sense and i wish other people would share your view as well and i hope they do when listening to this because i think there is a risk um, particularly in the this arena as you say that by striving hard to fight a battle particularly in different places around the world where you're striving so hard you can accidentally start to just replicate the problem but in a a different way as you were saying just having you know an all women board rather than an all men board and so i think we need to be very mindful of that and there's actually a years ago there was a documentary domestically here looking at this from an equalities perspective in terms of how they start to distribute funding and they were distributing such targeted funding it created less inclusive, <laughs> a less inclusive environment because the various different groups they were trying to target ended up becoming less collaborative because they weren't able to be because the funding was very targeted to a certain group it was like to young Christians or to young Muslims or to, to people from Afro-Caribbean backgrounds or you know in, uh, Asian, South Asian, etc. It ended up meaning that just because how the funding was orchestrated, that those groups never intermingled. And so they had to revise what they were doing. Out for those people, I've had the pleasure of chairing one of your sessions that I, I thoroughly enjoyed at your conference. When is your next conference? And if anyone, if if, if I can tell you that res is so passionate about football, the conference is brilliant. I really enjoyed it. And I do a lot of our own conferences, but obviously I, I mean participating in a lot of other people's events. It was one of the ones I really enjoyed how it was delivered. It was so well executed. When's your next uh, event and how can people find out? Because I thought I should just give it a shout out because I really did enjoy it and it's something I'll tune into. So when is your next conference? Well, I'm working
1: on that. I would love to have one until the end of this year, but I'm working on the the venue, the country, and also the, the partnerships and this kind of things. Because with the COVID-19, <clears throat> it's really difficult because we have prepared a big, big event in Bilbao, in San Mames uh, before the, the COVID. And now the situation is really different and, and we need to change everything. And we are working um, in different countries countries. countries, not only in Spain, because I think this is something that is global. Uh, Of course, uh, the platform, and I'm Spanish, and the platform is based in in Spain, What the team is diverse team. (laughs) We have men, we have women, we have uh, people from Brazil, we have... Uh, people from different countries or different uh, cities uh, around Spain and also different ages. And, and I think if we have opportunities to create a, a good congress or seminar or, or uh, whatever and in another country, uh, we need to go because uh, this is something that if you are happy to invite the conversation, uh, we will go. So I had like three. Areas three different countries open, and, and I hope maybe not December, but uh, January February we will uh, have the the opportunity to present something big because I uh, we did the the virtual uh, congress and it's something that is good and and I enjoy a lot, but for me. Uh, I prefer the. the, the I
0: agree.
1: The in-person congress, and I think one is okay because we we had a a very difficult moment with COVID, and it was something that we need to continue to talk about gender equality and diversity issues. That's why we we need to we, we decided to to create a virtual uh, congress, uh, but and now we need to 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 spend some time to prepare something, uh, good with um, with in person, no, in person. I
0: company. agree. We've we've got this exactly the same issues in the sense that, that the it filled a space uh, for a moment in time, and we'll still continue to do some of the digital stuff. But in terms of people just craving to meet in person and you know experience the conversation and the after panel conversation, all that richness that you get from an in person event, people are desperate. But the, the current environment is a tricky one still uh, from an event organization perspective. So I completely empathize with you um, in terms of the challenges that face. In terms of if people wanted to be involved or support the work that you're doing, do they just reach out to you? Um, is that the best way just to go to your website and to just to, to, to drop you an email?
1: Yes, we have well, the website, uh, dot S And also <clears throat> we have the, the social media LWF platform in Instagram and Twitter, and, and also we check the emails. We have the, in the website, the contact, and well, with social media, we are also connected. And we have also the academy, the lwfacademy.com, and we create some short courses. That's why in, in, in during the, the pandemic, we decided to create more uh, mentoring programs, uh, more connection, uh, online connection, and education is a very uh, important part of my life. I think it's really, really important. And and I think inside the world of football, we need more education in terms of gender equality, diversity, and and something uh, related uh, more than business. No, we have a lot of courses and um, great programs uh, with uh, sports law and and sports management and this is something that is not my my job i i professor in different masters and and it's really good but i would like to to do something different to to contribute uh, in a positive way uh, in football with uh, and a small education is only to to put on the
0: on the world of football something different no that's great and like i said i've been thinking about this over the weekend and last week and you know something i talk about a fair amount but i think you know again not one person can solve the problems right or improve things we need to work collaboratively together so everyone if everyone does their little bit like you're doing then collectively obviously everything progresses and moves forward in this sort of like more positive way and also all these different courses people like have got different learning styles that they prefer and there's little snippets that they need so i think it's a fantastic project so in terms of your career what would you say has kind of been the most interesting case or matter that you've been involved with what would you say
1: well, uh, I don't know if more, in- well, well, more interested or also more complex case I was in- involved. Maybe it was the um, the non-football case, the Alberto Contador case, uh, before cast, uh, about the doping case it was really, really difficult for me. It was... Uh, at the beginning of my, my career, you know, 2011, uh, if I don't remember. And, and well, I was a, a part of a very, very large uh, legal team with Spanish, with British and Swiss lawyers, and like a table with 10 or 11 lawyers <laughs> preparing, and I was taking notes listening everything. So a very, very complex and also technical uh, case and very hard for the client. And, but I, but I, I learned a lot in, in, this, in this case. Um, however, I, I have good memories. Uh, for example, my, face, my first case uh, before CAS in 2010, uh, with 20, I think 26 years. So uh, maybe I was, I don't know if I was the first Spanish woman <laughs> before CAS, because uh, I think 26 is really, really, uh, young uh, to to defend a, a player a football player before cast also a part of a, of a team but I participate um, in the in the hearing and in English and it was my my first case and i and I remember a lot and and also i I, I have a, another good memory when I defend a, a former player a former real Betis Balompié player that was also before FIFA and CAS, And it was like a leading counsel. And it was really, really uh, good because uh, I, I was a fan of this player. You know? I, I had pictures with him, uh, follow the, the team. And then uh, <laughs> I was the, the lawyer that defends uh, his rights. So for me, it was mm, uh, like, like a, a dream, magical, special. And it's something really really good that we have in the world of, a, of
0: a sports and, and do you think was there stuff that you know when you were starting out and i can imagine my, so put into context for those people who don't know the Al, alberto contador case was kind of the 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 lance armstrong kind of case at the time in terms of it was the biggest case but in world sport in, in anti-doping at that time it was a, he was a you know the top rider in the world it was a huge uh, as you said a huge legal team that was involved it was a huge technical case it was a, a meat contamination case right is that correct in terms of the 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 issue so it's a meat contamination case and they, they weren't that they weren't that prevalent necessarily at the time those type of cases and um, what did you kind of what were your sort of takeaways from that case in terms of you know what did you observe and learn to take forward and then you know and was there anything that I guess that you had preconceptions about sort of I don't know representing clients at Cass that is different from the reality for when you go did you have a like, sort of an unrealistic or were you concerned about certain things that, that didn't that weren't so <laughs> important
1: well I, I think I, I'm a very well I have i i'm i'm a person i'm a lawyer with um a lot of uh, i don't know how can i say um, a connection with the client i am very um it's like uh, her or his case is also my case no i'm I, I feel this connection. This I create a confident with the client, no? So I think in a here, not with Alberto Contador because I was really young, and also I talk with him. I try to understand to 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 trust him. So I, I think if I don't trust the client It's really difficult for me to, to create the arguments and, and, and this, no? With the Contador case, I was a member of a big, big team. So I try to understand all the situation and to, to learn, no? But with the, the other clients, the clients that I have now, I try to, to trust the, the client and to understand the situation because if if not it is impossible for me to to defend on or, or to 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 create the, the special environment with a client a, a lawyer so i am a very human lawyer if i can say i don't know exactly the the word in english but i am involved a lot with my clients and i think it's something that sometimes is good sometimes is bad because never stop and the problems are your problems
0: too and and it's That's, something that is in my, inside me I'll say that you're so you're compassionate and empathetic in that in that regards um, yeah. yeah which I think is 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 nice to hear in terms of I want to get on to to sort of what you think makes a good in your case makes a good sports lawyer, but I'm gonna sort of give people an insight in terms of we met We've, I think we've conversed before but we met in in the first uh, women in sports law conference in in Madrid which was amazing for so many reasons it was great to support the organization it was with the Spanish football federation conference as well and Emilio Garcia was there and he invited me to that so it was a great it was a whole great thing for meeting people sharing ideas thoughts concepts in terms of though you were heavily pregnant at the time I remember right and yeah. you're you you're full of energy and obviously being a very uh you know, a person of limited uh, ability and and I will say that, 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 that you know determination in terms of you know how to overcome adversity you you know you what you've done is you've got how i see it and you can tell me if this is if this is wrong right you've had two kids now You're and obviously, that you know, unlike you know, for men, we don't have to take maternity leave to deal with that, you don't have all the health issues going on with that. So, yeah, we get tired and we complain about having kids, and it's difficult and it is to a degree, but it's nowhere near as difficult as it is for a mother to do this. But you've, you know, running my own business, I can totally appreciate how much time is required to develop your own practice. So, you've developed your own practice, your own company, you've got the women leadership football uh, event, etc., and over this period, you've had two young children and we converse all the time and i know that you you know make you know of course you know, you're a great mother and that is something you always prioritize with your messaging sorry i can't because i've got to be with the kids da, 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 and, and when we're trying to organize stuff how do you can you give an insight in terms of how you've managed to balance that because you know you are a very compassionate person it seems and you're going to want to be present much for your clients as you would be for your family how have you managed all of that that's a lot <laughs> from my ah,
1: perspective <laughs>
0: and, and, and congratulations because i just think it's impressive genuinely i think to, to to manage all of that how have you how have you can you give us an insight into how you go about it how you go to prioritize where you put your attention
1: well <clears throat> i think it's impressive for every family no i'm not a special i uh, am hmm. only i think i have a good partner husband I think this is the, the better, the best advice that uh, someone gave me one time is choose the right person to create your family because this is the the key, no? It's a, it's a teen um, work, no? It's not something that you can do it a lot. This, this falls that you can say, oh, I'm a superwoman and I can do everything. No, I'm not a superwoman. I don't have superpowers. I'm tired a lot. I'm have a lot of mistakes. I I have no time for a lot of things. I committed mistakes in my loafing, or because I have not enough time, because the time is the time. But I, I think I have a good husband who understands. Uh, my situation that I have my own law firm that that if I don't work I can receive nothing so it's something that I'm building myself every day and also I have this soul that I love creating things and and participate in projects so this is something that is inside me and 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 I think I can work in uh in in an institution only doing this thing with a timetable i can do i can work in institution of course i'm an external st- lawyer from from fifa i'm very proud of this and i learn a lot and uh but it's something that is i'm external so i can do a lot of things more so it's something that is with my situation but uh, anyway i think it's it's good to have a planning uh, to be organized but it's not, uh, there are uh, no perfect timing that you can, for example, for your family is different from my family. And in my case, uh, we, my husband and, and I, um, talk a lot about the best situation. What do you need and why I need and what the children is the, 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 the situation, no? Because, for example, I don't have problems to answer emails at night or working on weekends. I don't have any problems, but maybe for other families, it's like, okay, it's Friday, uh, I stop until Monday. I can do it because I'm running a lot of projects. I need more time. And from Monday to Friday, it's impossible because also you have the children from Monday to, to Friday. No, it's not only on the weekends. So I try to balance from the whole week, from Monday to Sunday. And I try to work uh, from Monday to Sunday with the timetable is better for my family. So maybe uh, at night, I us- I usually review the emails. I take some emails, maybe half an hour, but this is good. It's half an hour that you miss your family, but it's not too much. And maybe one day at three o'clock, I'm at home playing with my kids on Wednesday, for example. So I decided with my husband what is better uh, for for my family. And I think this is the the key, not to copy that the this is the best. You need to work with a fixed time table, and then you have the free weekends, and then you are a perfect family. Why? You need to create your balance talking with your partner. That's the I think uh, I
0: think that's such great advice in terms, you know, because I think. You yeah, know just across the board, you know there's not a cookie cutter approach just to most things right everyone's got their way of working, everyone's got their way of doing things and I think at times we can all find ourselves both looking at other people and saying and particularly in this you know over the covid period going, oh wow, they seem to have everything under control and they've got this you know they're really on top of everything, but you're just seeing this snapshot. and I know that on on previous podcasts people have written to me to say that this is an area in which the, that is challenging and I think it's an area that we don't talk about as not a practicing lawyer, but for the our colleagues in the space who are practicing, is something that's often like pushed down in terms of the conversation. It's kind of like we, everyone ignores—not everyone. A lot of people can ignore, and it's easy to ignore when you're at a congress or somewhere that there is this other area that is challenging. In terms of you know, you've got a very—it seems to me that you've got a very honest assessment about your environment and the challenges and everything that's going on how do you over this period i've struggled as many other people have done to do with both work volume family life you know all the extra complications that come from it and again i'll say that from a very privileged uh, position to you know like yourself very appreciative of what i do and my lifestyle and everything else but in terms of for yourself how have you over this period what have you found challenging and how have you have you learned anything new about like you know ways to either prioritize or or to deal with clients was there anything that you sort of picked up or was it for you you had a quite a good process and you just stayed disciplined with that process
1: during the pandemic yeah well well first <clears throat> i would like to, to add something because with my first son when we met in 2018 it was really really difficult because later I, I have also some uh, depression uh, with oh, the person wow. because it was like a big stop in my career because the, in uh, in this period um I travel in a lot and and you know the congresses and and these virtual things this happened never never happened so so I, I i stopped and and it was really really difficult but with the second uh child uh, with my second child was uh, this year 2021. um twenty one Thank you. <laughs> Just uh, eight months now. It was totally completely different because um, I can stay at home, but working and have a meeting uh, with uh, the other part of the world. And it's something that never nobody asked me why I'm not here, because everybody was connected. And I feel more comfortable with the situation and and it was completely different so i think for me the pandemic of course the pandemic is the the course that we are living now and it's a big big problem and we have a crisis that i think is starting now Uh, but in terms of um, the work and timetables tables and these kind of things i think uh, we understand something in in our in our families or in our minds, they uh, we um we have now a, a change uh, inside uh, this. so uh, I think it's better is something positive in this crisis, and i I had the opportunity to to stay more with my family with during the pandemic. so I think it's something positive uh, with a back thing i always try to to from from a disadvantage or for a crisis to can create a, an opportunity no i think we need to to think about it so i deal it with this thing of course it's also difficult because you are always working because you are at home and you are with the family and you are always working so it's not the perfect situation but for me it was good to to create a a baby for for this trips or traveling stuff no,
0: absolutely i i must admit because i saw you traveling when you had your first child i saw the traveling you're doing and i was blown away i was like wow that's so tough and it's interesting because you know thank you for sharing your experience because i think it's one of those things again that a lot of people look at and they go wow you've got it all together you're doing all of this stuff like you know and i think a lot of people don't see the difficult you know again we look at like it's same with football players right I say everyone sees the the, the high performer on the on the weekend or in the week, depending if it's yeah European match or something. But everyone sees the, the basically the high performance moments and just go, wow, they're just so gifted and it had just happened, right? They don't see all the grunt work that goes behind. And I think in our sector and particularly as you said, it's a football in particular is a in sport is a big sector. But in terms of sports law, it's I always say to be was tiny really, like it's, it's really and it's hard to it's a hard sector to earn. I think a living like for any big firm, small firm it doesn't matter. It's a hard sector to earn uh, a living. And if you
1: miss, if you miss a conversation, if you miss a meeting, if you miss a congress, you are out. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. And if when problem. you are pregnant, pregnant, or you have a baby one, two, or three months, and you can travel and you can stay in this meeting and you can stay perfect. You 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 can't because your body is something that is changing, yeah. and you are not preparing for that. It's really really difficult because you are out. Mm-hmm. It's they are not waiting for you. So for me, the first um the, the my my first kid was my first pregnancy was really really difficult for that reason because I can understand that, and 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 I would like to. To stay in a congress or in a meeting in fifa in switzerland but i can travel in because i need to stay with my baby and i would like to stay with my baby but i love my job and <laughs> i love my profession uh, so this is a really really uh, difficult situation you need to yeah, manage that
0: i had the perspective that i could travel but i i found it it's something i sh- i find very stressful um, myself I don't like being away from my family to be blunt like as in it's not something I enjoy seeing people I love people but I find it very stressful going even just for a few days i just I'm a, I guess I'm I guess an anxious person in that regards a bit of a worrier you know you want to be around as much as you can right and I think it's one of those things that it's interesting you say that because I you yeah, know again I haven't been in, the extri- in, 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 in your experience but I definitely feel like there's there's times where I, I've gone to congresses because you like yeah if I don't go if I'm gonna miss that conversation. And I think though from a, that's a normal course of business for everyone else, but I think for, for mothers in particular who have to care for their child and the maternity leave point, I think that's something that we, we probably should address or try harder to address. Cause I don't think you know every, every firm is doing it, but there's maybe something that we need to think about in terms of the sports law sector, in terms of what are we doing to help that transition back as a, as a community? Cause I think most people, again, like someone like yourself who's wonderful to see you again and we should try and make that a bit easier i think it's um maybe we should pick up a conversation post podcast about this because i think it's a it's a yeah. really really good point and i know m- my wife felt the same yeah, I haven't really, sorry, you made me think I've ignored that as a, as an issue. And I think it's, it's probably a, such an obvious one that's not really being considered. And so maybe, yeah, OK, I th- thanks yes. for raising that. Yes. You've literally just stopped me in my tracks because I just think it's no, such but- a good point that we haven't given any thought to. And I think, you know, no one would want to be, again, people are missed at these events and, and so forth who can turn up and everything. But you wouldn't want it to be the case that just because you had a baby, essentially, you know, and being a mother. Uh, and you know we talked in law this is a problem but you wouldn't want it to be all of a sudden your your your, your business just stops that's that's not um, a great but environment. It's
1: because, it because the, the, the key uh, I think the key here and it's something that I, I think about a lot is the paternity leave or the parental leave I prefer to talk about uh, parental leave because I think it's not maternity leave uh, the women miss opportunities or miss Congresses as an example that we have. Uh, Because men are always in Mm, fathers, also. So uh, they didn't miss a Congress. But the women, yes. So if we have a strong paternal uh, leave for parent, paternity leave for parental leave, that is different because we have the maternity, we have the paternity. Uh, It's the same for everything, but it's something very cultural. It's, It's not only the regulation, but I think about the football players. I would like to. I would love to see a, a one-man football player with a paternity leave, yeah. but for real, not only two days, not only. Okay, I was in the hospital. oh I have a baby. Well, tomorrow I'm going to train. No, <laughs> oh, I have an important match. Okay, you have an important match, but you're important match in the world is your son or your daughter is your baby. So if you have an important male football player, maybe this is that we need for the Mm -hmm. rest of the football players. Because I know, because I have clients, uh, male clients, football players, that uh, love to to stay with his kids, but it's something that is not good uh, inside, the club or inside the, the environment. So one football player, maybe a reference, maybe important football player, if we can say that uh, doing these things in a social media, like an example, leading by this example, could be good for the rest of the players. And we need in football, the paternity leave. We need this. This is something. I think
0: it's, human. Yeah, I think it's a great point, and that that, that the cultural aspects of this is huge because, you know, from a father's perspective, and speaking to others in in the legal sector, it, it you know there are firms that uh, organizations that that look at this a bit differently, and so you can you can share the leave and and do different things and offset it, and that seems like a much better way to go. And I do think one of the things we had uh, years ago, a friend Abdul Bahiri came to our annual conference, and he was like, "Sean, he's a af- former athlete." Um, now works at Credit Suisse, and he was like, oh, "Can I come to the conference?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." He was like, "But the only problem is, I really want to be there for this panel session, in particular, but I've got one of my children with me. You know, do you mind if I come?" And I was like, "Not at all." And I think there's a bit, you know, whilst you want a professional environment, you wouldn't want loads of kids running around. I do think there's also a point in terms of at least being accepting of that is a challenge for people, and you'd rather have them there and be involved than exclude them just for the reason that they couldn't get childcare that environment and likewise with mothers we've had uh, <coughs> Lydia Banerjee uh, who had a literally just had a uh, I think it was her second child and then a few weeks later she was moderating a panel session for us and her mum was there helping out in the background with the, the little baby but again it's kind of like what can you do to try and create a more again as you say an inclusive environment and a welcoming environment understanding these demands on on, on on people's time and you know how can you help them to be involved in terms of then if there was something like I could talk to you forever, to be honest with you, about a whole bunch of different things. And we've not even talked that as much as I'd like. Maybe we'll get you back on to talk more about uh, some of the career points. But in terms of what would you like to see changed in terms of uh, That's one point. But if there's anything that you could sort of click your fingers right now in terms of football and or sports law generally, what would you like to see changed?
1: Well, a part of the more inclusive football, that is something really huge and, and general, um, I'm now very interested, well not now, uh, for, for the beginning, but now I think uh, uh, there uh, the stakeholders are talking uh, more, and it's uh, related to the participation of fans in the football governance of football management. I think uh, it's a really important topic uh, to bring into the conversation fans fans uh, as a stakeholder and to create more alliance between different stakeholders we need uh, a balance inside the uh, football so I, I think it's something that uh, i like and also I'm, I'm working on that because i am part of the project with sd europe kick um, kickoff project with the spanish fa and and sd europe and FASFE with this member of the sd oh. europe in- so
0: sorry, support was direct so, yeah.
1: yes support supports direct uh, and we have a project with the Spanish fa to try to create a good relationship between uh, between funds uh, uh, organized funds and and the institution the Spanish FA. Brilliant. it's a three years project uh, funded by a European Union and and with the participation of, of, of SD europe so it's a really, really important project. I think it's something that we uh, need to. So also for the UK, I think uh, funds are very important. Not uh, in Spain is something that we need to to talk more. But uh, with the Super League issue and this kind of things is now again uh, as a topic. But uh, I wrote a lot uh, about fans because i'm a a a fan (laughs)
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so i think it's really important and it's something linked to good governance and i i'm very worried about this this guy i I worry i
0: worry about this as well for for yeah all the competing interests that are there and i would say that and it's a sad thing i was thinking about this the other day i was quite sad that 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 i would say that i enjoy a sport less than i used to partly because how it's presented now and I'm going into a lot of detail, but in terms of some of the advertisers and people around it, and how the narrative has changed, it is kind of like some of it is uh, not as fulfilling. And but yet, yeah, when you speak to the players, when you speak to fans like yourself and others, it kind of reignites that the the reason why I love sports so much, right, and why it was it was something that was a huge part of my identity for you know and still is to me. But and it's interesting because I think that the, the, the fans do create uh you know and good stakeholder management is, is something and engagement is something that creates a i think a nice balance if done well that can ensure that it, you know you don't lose the essence of what it is right it doesn't just become as, as marcus Motta says the the sportainment takes priority right mm-hmm. rather than actually some of the sporting achievements look uh, i would love to continue this conversation again if you if you if you come back on the podcast as i said and i meant it sincerely i love the work that you do You're one of the people I find has been a very positive influencer in the space, a very genuine individual from the moment we met. And it's been a a real privilege to have you on the podcast. And I said, keep up the great work. I said, I love what you stand for. I think most people listening to the podcast will as well. Um, And, you know, as you know, you always have my support and all Sports support support in these these endeavors, because I think, you know, we all benefit. For making things better so thank you for that and thanks for making the time out and taking the time out sorry of your schedule as everyone can tell from your monday to sunday <laughs> <laughs> you allocated time for it so um thank you so much
1: no thank you son and thank you for being so generous always and for the visibility i think it's a great uh, job and we need this visibility between uh, colleagues because it's something good for for everybody so thank you it was a pleasure